What up? It's your boy, Tiny Sumo, coming to you with another episode. But before I get down with my guest, let me get my plugs out the way. Go to dirtycleaneats.com. Check out the product there. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and listen to their podcast, the DCE Pirate Radio Podcast on iTunes now. Use the code DCE Tiny Sumo for 10% off in store. Get some jammer in your life. It'll cure what ails ya. Head over to fightkingdom.com. Get the official Tiny Sumo supporter tee from there. The link for that is in my bio now. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram too. And use the code Tiny Sumo for 10% off with those guys. And head over to Tiki Tribe. And get all your ready-to-eat meal solutions delivered, nutritious, delicious, to your door, ready to go. Use the code TINYSUMO for 20% off with those guys. And you can find them on Facebook and Instagram or at TikiTribe.com. That's T-I-I-K-I Tribe.com. And me, I'm your boy, Tiny Sumo. Make sure you're following me. Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, YouTube, like, share, subscribe, follow, leave a review, tell your friends, tell your family. Your boy appreciates it. But I think that's enough of a plug. So... Let me get down with my guest. You. Hey, good. How are you? I'm very. Thank you for taking the time to have a chat. I really appreciate it. Ah, no, that's all. That's all good. All right. Look. So the best part about me doing these chats is I get to talk to people much smarter than myself in uh, in regards to topics that I have an interest in. And yep. you are no exception there. There's things I want to chat to you about. I want to talk about. Uh, I've seen you posted some stuff about concussions. I've seen yep. posted some stuff about weight cutting, and both of those things I, uh, for myself, especially very hot topics. Before we get yep. into that, though, I don't know if you've seen any of the chats. What I like to do is I like to get a little bit of a backstory. I like to find out how people got involved in the first place. So how did yep. you get involved in combat sports? How did you get involved in the research side of it? Take me back. Yeah, okay. Well, for me, the I guess it started with the research side first. I was um, uh, studied the master of physiotherapy and I was working in that space for about three or four years and then I got into concussion research in rugby league and I was doing some work with our national rugby league players and then from there through the uni I jumped in and started doing a PhD and when the whole PhD came around they sort of sat me down and said right oh well it's going to be the next three to four years of your life make sure what you decide to do is something you're going to enjoy and for me, I heard combat sports and particularly through uh, one of my mates who's also a business partner of mine who runs, a, he's a jiu-jitsu black belt and owns Fight Club in Molendina. And we were just kicking off some stuff. I think you uh, spoke with veteran grappling, uh, Scott Steer, the other day. Yes, I did. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm um, working with him and uh, another guy, uh, Luke Neer, and we've sort of put together the veteran grappling. From there, I thought, you know what, and I based my uh, PhD around combat sport, considering it's the sport that I'm actually involved in myself. And, uh, yeah, so essentially the uni had a bit of pushback. They weren't too too invested with the whole combat sports idea. Um, and, I, yeah, I stuck to my guns and said, well, I'm going to be spending four years on it. I want to be doing something in the, in the game that I want to help and what I'm participating in. No, and it is funny that you do mention that I spoke to Scott because I didn't realise either. Now, he had mentioned you in the chat yeah. and I hadn't realised until I sort of had been going back through your posts and I'm like, oh, okay. It was only afterwards I realised that you actually were working together. So that, that's funny. Yeah. It's, sort of, it's come full circle. I've ended up chatting to you both because he was talking about some of the work you guys are doing and, you know, having been in the Army, having lots of AJ mates, obviously the veteran grappling side of it was... um 
near and dear to my, near and dear to my heart anyway. But from a combat sports perspective, and I guess growing yep. up around the sports and things like that as well, the two big ones that I've always sort of come back to, and I've been, like I said, lucky enough to talk to people much smarter than me, um, are the weight cutting and concussion stuff. So you said that you'd originally got involved in concussion research through rugby league. Yes. Yeah. So I was originally doing that. It's Well, particularly in Australia, uh, if it's not AFL, it's not rugby league or rugby union, there's not too much more on concussion, and a lot of the stuff has shied away from the from uh, combat sports. There's not too much research in there, so I thought, you know, it's it's about time combat sports is you know jumping up to another platform, another level, particularly with organisations like the UFC, and then obviously one championship blowing up. All those are uh, all those organisations help progress the sport in itself, and to help sort of the you know the mainstream view of what combat sport is and what it's like we need they need a bit more scientific literature scientific research behind it to to show you know that this is a sport that can be performed safely and you know it's also got a lot of health benefits for individuals that participate in it that is definitely one of the things that's probably a misconception on the part of of the average punter you know watching fight yeah. sports because they are only seeing i guess the most brutal aspects of it well, exactly, There's obviously yeah. going to be loads of benefits to it. But I think, too, the thing with sort of, you know, with being around the sport all the time, we do need people like yourself doing the research because we all know the fighters who have taken too many shots. We all, we, we've all seen them around the gym or we've seen them on TV or whatever it may be. And, and that's because in the past there wasn't any of that. You know, we didn't have any of the research. We did just spar six days a week. If you had a headache, you just... Like there was there was none of that sort of taken into account, you know, the concussion aspect. And I think it's only probably been in the last few years that there's been more of it, but still not enough. So there does need to be people like yourself. So yeah. with the research side of it itself, how are you going about, I guess, you know, like what's the data tracker like? How are you guys actually taking that data and, and, and running with it? Yeah, okay. So I'll give a little bit of an overview of my sort of uh, point one study. The thing that I'm doing right at this point in time I've just um, had a survey going around and it's essentially just collecting demographic data from people all across the combat sports spectrum and that's looking at symptoms for concussion-related uh, symptoms. Uh, but there's a lot lot of uh, grey area with the symptom side of concussion. So although, uh, you know, there's a lot of information, say you've got dizziness, you've got headaches, you might have some blurred vision, they're all linked to saying, okay, you're someone with concussion. The issue is there's a lot of other concurrent injuries that may present with people who have sustained a head injury, and that might be injury to the neck itself or the vestibular system, so the, the little bony system that sits inside the ears. Now, the symptoms of injuries to those areas also present exactly the same or near-like concussion injuries. So you get a lot of fighters who do, you know, they've got these persistent headaches after after a head knock or say they've had a, you know, been hit with a, a blast double and they've slammed their head on the ground and they've had more of a whiplash-like injury. They're presenting with these, this diagnosis of concussion, but they're missing the main path to what we can use to treat the individual to get them back to performing 100%. So how would you then, I guess, differentiate, you know, because fighters yep. by nature, you know, probably aren't the type of people who are going to try and assess that stuff themselves, you know, that 
they're going to try and throw themselves back into the fire sort of thing. How would you sort of go, we need to find out, we need to go, all right, look, this is the difference between, you know, this is, like you said, the, what was it, the vestibulus? Is that the, did I say it right? Uh, yeah, vestibular. The, the equilibrium system, will call it, to make it easier. There we yeah. go, equilibrium system. So how would you then, I guess, determine, you know, do they need to present to someone and say, look, I'm having this, and then you're able to go through a bunch of tests? Yeah, so the second part of my studies, I've done this survey, and now I'm just setting up the protocol to assess different parameters, which have been done through America and North, uh, all through North America and a bit through Europe, looking at uh, tracking of the eyes, uh, different neck um, outcome measures of the neck and the presentation of the cervical spine function. And using those metrics will help sort of tailor individualized rehab programs. And, that, and again, this is people who have been injured, but they're also markers you can use for performance and go, okay, well, these are factors you can work on. And essentially my goal for, you know, the Australian, New Zealand, you know, the, the fighters from down under, is to get to a point in time where, you know, you always have your coach. Your coach is the, the manager of the whole, if you look at it in a, a fight camp situation, you may, your manager, your coach, he's the big guy. He's the one that everyone should go through. But if the coach has got, you know, sports scientists, uh, you know, rehab physiotherapists, they've got strike coach, they've got grappling coach, you've got all these different people you can pick from to help those fighters out. Uh you know, so you, it's just another tool that coaches can use to help get the most out of their fighters and make sure that they're performing at that optimal level. And it might be, you know, oh, they've presented today and they're, they're looking, you know, a little bit shaky this or, you know, no, their eyes aren't tracking quite as well today. Maybe instead of doing, you know, a, a five-by-five round uh, training session, let's go and just do some cardio work and we'll get back to it tomorrow when, when these metrics have sort of come back in a line. No, I love that sort of stuff, and I love that approach, and I think that, um, you know, the more people that we can get involved in that sort of, I guess, mentality and approach to training, the better off, and also the better fighters we're going to get out of it, because we're not going to have people continually broken down, continually injured. You're able to, well, you know, these things happen anyway, but we're able to assess it that little bit better. We're able to sort of minimize, I guess, those sort of risks and hopefully get the most out of the training, because it's a short shelf life sport comparatively anyway. You know, you're only going to get X years competing. So yeah, but if we can, if we can find ways to make it, uh, you know, safer or pick up things that would normally be missed or you know disguised, then it might help with the longevity of the fighters as well. You know, make you know they're not uh find ways to help them avoid that chinny nature as they get to their late twenties, early thirties. Mm. No, absolutely. And I think the big thing with that too, if there's just a testing plate, if I as the fighter don't have a choice in that, like, you know, I don't want to front up and look soft. You know, it's a, it's a tough guy sport. I don't want to front up and look soft and say, ah, actually, I don't know if I, I've got this headache or this is sore, I can't spar today or whatever it may be. If there's just a test in place, the coach goes, come on, we're doing this reaction test today. Ah, no, look, your, your numbers are off. Instead of the, the five fives, like you said, we're going to do technique instead. We're just going to do some Dutch drills or whatever it oh, may yeah. be. I think if that is taken out of the equation, almost my choice to just push headstrong through the issue, if that's taken out of the equation, I'm in a safer position as a fighter. Yeah, definitely. You know, have less risk of being dragged from a fight early. Or, you know, you don't, you don't want to rack up those losses to your record. So I think mm. the, the the more this is, you know, exposed to fighters and, you know, you've, you already see it from, 
from a lot of the UFC fighters over in the States. So, you know, they're trying new sports science ways around things. And, you know, as that develops over in Australia, and if we get a good good brand of it over here in Australia, it'll definitely help our fighters out in the long run. You know, put us on the, the front foot on the world stage. Mm, absolutely. I'd love to see I'd love to see more of it. And I think too, like you said, there's a lot more of it now. You got like the UFC Performance Institute and you know, a bunch of really good coaches over there. I guess pushing that sort of fight science aspect of it across the board, whether it be strength and conditioning, recovery, whatever it may be. I think the more that, that can transfer, we will just see, you know, fighters with safer, longer careers, better health because of it. And hopefully better fights. Like you said, they're not going to be getting pulled from fights. There's going to be less injuries, or they're going to get to the fight healthier, which you know is going to give them a better performance on the day. Well, exactly. Yeah. And then in regards to the weight cutting side of it, um, that's I've linked up with Geordie, the fight dietitian, and we're sort of going through the process at the moment to come up with a protocol to study a lot of his fighters. You know, through that fight camp into fight week and, and then even after the fight to look at metrics that you know to help with performance and see how the weight cutting side of it affects their their metrics no it's fantastic look shout out to geordie as well because i've had geordie on a couple of times now much love for geordie does a fantastic job does, and geordie yeah. was actually one of the first uh weight cut specialists that i spoke to because i i think i had talked shit about one of his fighters missing like not one of his but like i talked shit about someone missing weight and i did a big rant on weight cutting in mma and all that sort of stuff yeah and i think too a lot of that was um reservations that i had towards weight cutting because you know i'd only ever seen the the bad side of weight cutting you know i grew up in uh like the boxing culture where guys were just sucking ice chips for two weeks before a fight and all that yeah. sort of you know crazy shit that we just went oh well look my boxing coach told me that because his boxing coach told him that. And you can't have any food because that's where the weight is. And, and I'd seen guys get really unhealthy and, and have really bad weight cuts. And obviously, still we're still seeing that. But I think with more people like Geordie, like yourself, being able to sort of grab the raw data, say, Here, here's the protocol that we're going through, and this is what we got at the end of it. Well, what do we need to tweak the next time? You know, that's going to make the difference. Oh, exactly. You know, it's... Um... It's only, it's only small changes as well, and like Jordy's already getting great results out of. You know, his fighters are going through, you know, fight week and not starving themselves and able to enjoy some luxuries with it without, you know, like you said, chewing ice chips for yeah. weeks on end leading up to a fight. So, I mean, yeah, the, the game's changing, and it's, it's great to see that we've got that push in Australia. And yeah, I, I want to be, be at the front of it and help out as many fighters as we can. I've been lucky enough as well through these chats to speak to, I think probably, like I think I've spoken to all of Geordie's fighters. You know, he's got a, he's working yeah. with a million. He's working with all the best yeah. guys and girls. You know, he's got everyone on the roster. And, and they've got that sort of little um, holy trinity up north. You know, you've got like he's working with combat nutrition and they're working with TikTok. And now everyone's sort of just coming together. They're getting the science side of it. You know, everyone's, everyone's you know, having really good results because of it. And everyone that I've spoken to, that is working with people like Geordie are feeling better, performing better. You know, they're not killing themselves. They're not dying to make the weight. Like you said, they're getting some treats. They're, they're eating during fight week and all that sort of stuff. That's a big thing. You know, that's not yeah. something that used to happen. No, no, exactly. You know, if you feel good, you're going to fight good. Exactly and right. Um, and the, the issue is, with the going back to the science side of it all, you know, the world of 
combat sports science is still still in the dark ages in comparison to sports like you know in Australia rugby league and AFL. You know we're still back in the in the seventies era mm. in combat sports in relation to to you know scientific knowledge and and athlete performance and that that transition that we've you know seen in the last sort of five years or so where you've gone from you know your your Nate Diaz's and your Jorge Masvidal you know your street fighter grow up fight all my life to you know Demetrius Johnson's and that where they're they're an athlete you know there's mm. that, that crossover of type of fighter these days and you know it's it's an interesting time and uh, interesting space to be in in combat sport at the moment. I, that's the other thing I get to see through all these chats is I get to see all the young guys coming up through the ranks, and I am glad I'm not an 18 year old getting smashed in the face by some of these young guys because the training that they're doing now is so far ahead of what we had 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. Like watching the guys, girls train now, I'm like, oh my god, why didn't we know about that? Why didn't like you know why wasn't that there? 10 years ago but there needs to be that process obviously there needs to be guys like yourself coming to me going hey you're not sparring today and I go why and you go because look at these numbers and I go okay sure you know I might not understand it because I'm a meathead but you're smart and you've told me I'm not allowed to get punched in the head today so I won't I'll do pads or I'll do bag work or whatever well, it may be yeah there's always there's always something else you can do you know, mm. you're always there's always another area you can perfect if you think you've perfected it all then you know you're already going to be behind the eight ball. So mm. although although you know from the the health side of it, yeah, you might get pulled from doing full sparring, but there's always pads to be hit. Yep, absolutely. All right, so look, I mean, we've talked about weight cutting, we've talked about concussions. Like I said, they're the two hot topics for me, and I think too because I like I said, I've only ever I think growing up around the sport, you saw guys cutting weight poorly you saw these older especially boxers boxers are notorious for it they're really bad for it they want to spiral i mean everyone wants to spiral all the time but i think boxing too because you're only really getting smashed in the head is particularly yeah. bad you know but you're doing you know i know loads of guys as i was growing up that were sparring four five six days a week and just going to you know dim wars all the time and so i think those two things you know the concussion side of it and the weight cut side of it um have been particularly important to me as i've sort of try to talk to smart people like yourself but moving forward i mean what else you know what else are you looking at what else can i expect to see out of you guys now up north with your research side of it besides those two aspects yeah well with my uh physio side of it i'm heavily interested in uh knee injuries particularly with grappling sports so uh you know myself i try and steer clear of uh any any uh striking sports at the moment i had one too many concussions going up so you know, looking at low limb injuries and grapplers is another area that I, I um, you know, my heart lies with. So I'm trying to find, you know, find ways of helping and improving rehab after injuries and make sure that individuals can, you know, there's always something, again, there's always something you can do with training. Just because you may, you know, have an ACL reconstruction or, you know, you've ruptured some ligaments in your ankle doesn't mean you have to sit on the sidelines and, you know, bench form for the next year. Fantastic. Well, mate, I look forward to seeing all the research come out from up north with you guys. I know that it's going to be fantastic stuff. I want to make sure that we're getting it out to the people as much as possible because it is important, especially for these young guys and girls now that have all of the information at their fingertips. We need to make sure that the right information is getting to them first. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there that we don't want to pollute their brains with. What they need to know is the right stuff and uh, guys like yourself are who is going to give it to them. Yeah, definitely. You know, any any fighters around, I'm 
I'm quite open to, you know, have a phone call discussion or, you know, get around this area, sit down, have a chat and help them with, with um, you know, the medical side of planning and and uh, ideas with any or any training injuries, camps or whatnot. So, you know, yeah, my time's always available. I always make my time available for fighters around here, particularly while I'm, I'm researching, you know, it gives you that little bit of freedom. Fantastic. All right, well, look, before we wrap it up then, let's make sure we get a plug out the way. Anything you want to mention, tag. We'll make sure that when we post up the chat later on as well, we'll tag it all in. But anything you want to mention, let them know now where they can find you, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so I'm really only at the moment just on the uh, on Instagram page. I'm trying to keep it pretty low-key at the moment while I'm getting up and running, but it's just combat sport underscore research and on the combat sport physio. That's yeah, all my stuff goes through there. I think all my details are there. If anyone wants to shoot me a message on that, then uh, you know I'll get back to you within in 12 to 24 hours. Beautiful. Fantastic. Well, look, mate, thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat. I really do appreciate it. And I will uh, make sure that I stay up to date and I'm checking all your uh, checking all the stuff you put now. Well, for sure. I'll keep you updated with everything that we have uh, going on up here. Too easy, mate. I appreciate it. Thank you for that. We'll talk soon. Thank you. See you, Goodbye, mate. Bye.